month ago, I was listening to a guy named Kevin Gerald, somebody I listen to pretty uh, regularly. There's a few guys I listen to, but um, one of the podcasts I was listening to, he, he mentioned one sentence that said, that said this, and it stuck with me. I couldn't seem to, uh, I couldn't seem to shake it. Thanks. It said this, no, there's no greater witness of God's greatness than that of a changed life. <coughs> Think about that for a second. There's no greater witness of God's greatness and his power than a changed life. So often we're, we're searching for this revelation of God's greatness and God's power, and we want to see, you know, oh God, would you do something? You know, I, I, I was talking to somebody this week, and they said, you know, they went out and they went out praying, and they were like, God, I just wanted like a voice from above, you know, that would just tell me how, how, uh, how real God was. And I was like, well, you can get a voice from above just by going Black Friday shopping, you know. Attention, Black Friday shoppers, there's a sale on an aisle three, and there's your voice from above. You know, it's, but there's this thought that people want this, this supernatural. If we saw this amazing miracle that, oh, I, we know how real God is. Just thinking about that this week, a lot of times we, we, we search for that, and that's okay. That's, there's good th- things in that. But I believe the greatest thing, the greatest witness of the power of God is when a life is changed. See, there was people like, um, for instance, like Judas, who would have been around all of the miracles, and yet his life wasn't changed. There's people like Jonah who saw the miracle of being swallowed by a fish for three days in there and not being consumed and being spit out on land, seeing a whole uh, city, like a whole uh, nation or, or great uh, capital city come to Christ and come to repentance, and yet Jonah didn't receive the, the greatest miracle of a life that was actually changed. Sometimes you can witness these things and we don't we miss out on what could be the greatest thing. We're praying for salvation today. I want to encourage you with that, that, uh, that there, there is an incredible greatness in lives that, that can, can be and are changed. Uh, one of the things that's really, um, uh, I thought about, I, you know, when I was, uh, well, I was born 35-something years ago, and um, uh, shortly after I was born, I was in a church pew. Uh, I was, uh, you know, the problem my first week, you know, I was, I, that's, where, that's where I was born and raised. My parents, they also were sort of, they were born, and, and shortly after they were born, they were also in church. So I know that at least back as far as my parents and my grandparents, and probably my great-grandparents as well, it's all been this church-going uh, family from, uh, from way back when. But that's not the norm anymore. I could do a show of hands just to prove it, but, well, maybe we will. How many of you, that's your, that is your life? You know, your parents and grandparents all went to church. So we've got a few. How many of you, that is nothing close to what your life looks like? Yeah. Some of you, your first generation, and that's one of the things I, I really love about, about here is that we get to experience and watch people uh, come to Christ later in life and, and see their lives change. I want to read this story to you. It's a true story. It's uh, from a girl that many of you know. Her name is Becca. She uh, leads worship here on Saturday nights with us. And this is her story. She says this, My childhood was from the outside like any other childhood. I had friends. I did well in school, and I was always cracking jokes and being silly. From the outside, I was normal, but on the inside, things were very different. My dad worked a lot and wasn't home too much. My mother was trapped in her own world, dealing with several of her own issues, and this left my sister and I to fend for ourselves a lot of the time. On the inside, I was broken. I thought that I was ugly, that I was worthless, and that I was unwanted. I hated myself. I went through depression and had suicidal thoughts, and once I swallowed many pills to take my own life. But God had a different plan for me. Through the next couple of years, God kept calling my name, but I wasn't listening. 
I was too busy trying to fit in to find my place in the world by partying and trying to be someone else, someone that I thought others would like. This didn't work because I was trying with my own strength to achieve something that is impossible without God. My best friend invited me to youth group and introduced me to a different way of life. But it wasn't until a youth event called Battle Cry that I broke down and realized that God was what I wanted. It's who I needed. I accepted Christ into my life that day, and He has been with me ever since. I've grown in Him over the years, and yet even through temptation and the obstacles, He has kept me near. With His help, I've made it through some very difficult times in my life. And even when I mess up, He does not condemn me. He just helps me to overcome. I am no longer depressed. I am no longer full of self-hatred or feelings of low self-worth. I know the truth, that I am His child, created in His image. I'm deeply loved more than I could ever truly understand, and that I'm pretty cool the way He made me, and I shouldn't try to change unless I'm becoming more like Him. I'm now blessed with a loving, healthy, God-centered relationship that is something I never would have had without Him. My life now has meaning. It now has a purpose. It now has an eternity with Him true story. I thought, man, it's amazing to hear these stories where, where life before Jesus was a certain way, and yet there was this one day where all of a sudden everything changed, and the change began. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Um, we're reading verse, from uh, verse 1 to 10, but I want to read this story. Share a little bit about it on Friday night, but I want to give you the full story today uh, of, of, of Peter and John and an encounter that they had just on a, on a, on a this one day. It actually starts off with that. It says one day. And if you look at those two, two words, uh, when, when it says one day in the Bible, it's about to tell the story of something really big that happens. It, it's not just like every day. This is just, you know, whatever. It's saying on this one day, something is about to happen. So it, it's only the glimpse of one day. The story that we're about to tell, it doesn't tell all of the past history of this person's life. It doesn't really tell us much about what happens after that life, but it tells us about that one day. If your story was going to be in the Bible, you would probably want it to start this way. One day, Colin. Or one day, Eby. Or one day, Fabian. That would be a, that would be a good start to the story because something big is going to happen. So it says one day at three o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John were on their way into the temple for prayer meeting. Just stop right there. So Peter and John are going just to the temple. Back then, they did church every day. That's what they did. At three o'clock in the afternoon, there was, and multiple times throughout the day, they would go to the church to pray. This is what they did every day. So Peter and John, just remember, are doing something that they do every single day. It says, at the same time, there was a man crippled from birth being carried up, and every day he was set down at the temple gate, the one named Beautiful, to beg from those who were going into the temple. You notice that the, this man is also doing what he did every day. This man was put at the, at the temple to beg for alms because he had been crippled since he was born. And it says that that's where he was every day. Peter and John are doing what they do every day. This guy is doing what he's doing every day. And yet it says something is about to happen. Something is going to be incredibly different in this one day. But I want to, I want to just stop there for a second because what it's talking about is that it's setting it up is that these guys are doing what they do every day. And, and every person in this place, you have an every day these guys had a routine. You probably have a routine. You know, you wake up in the morning or like, uh, hopefully it's as close to, you know, 11 o'clock, 1130, whatever. You get up, you know, you, um, you have your breakfast, you, you drive to work or maybe you're in school. So you, you know, you 
hop right on the bus. You, you know, you go to school, or maybe you're momming it at home, and that's what you do full time. But your routine starts that way. Maybe your kids wake you up in the morning. But there's this kind of this routine that you go through. I know it's like in my house. Dad, wake up. Max is awake. I know I've heard him screaming for half an hour. I'm just hoping your mom's going to get him, you know? It's, uh, but he's like, Dad, wake up. I got, you know, we're hungry. And so this, you know, we, we know the routine. And this week I've had to ask a couple of times, you know, what, what day is it? Like, well, I'm talking to people on the phone, like, hey, we're going to do this on Friday. I'm like, okay, when's that? Tomo- tomorrow? What, it's Thursday. Because what happens in our lives? It blurs all together. The everyday routine just gets to be like every day. It's, it, it is hard to differentiate between some of the things that are, that are happening but I would say that every one of you has an everyday routine. But I would also say that any one of you here in this place who's had like a real face-to-face, upfront, genuine encounter with God, where you said, you know what, Jesus, I want to live for you, you've had a one-day experience that has affected the rest of your life. Maybe thinking, yeah, you know what, if I think about it, there was one day I remember the song. It's, it's funny. People remember the song. They might remember the, the, the sermon. They might remember the place. They might remember the exact time when they said, you know what? Wait a second. There was that day where I decided to follow Christ, and my life has been different ever since then. For me, I remember it. August 1989. Uh, I was 12 years old. It's 23 years ago, and yet I remember it. It was in, in uh, Cambro here at, at the Jubilee Faith Center. Uh, after uh, Sunday school that morning, I remember that, you know, if, if, we, if I got held back after Sunday school because the teacher would hold me back, it meant I was in trouble. So when my parents came, it was a bad sign if I was still in Sunday school because then I was going to get grounded. And so this one day when, I, when the teacher was talking, something hit me and I was like, you know what? I really believe that, that what she's talking about I, I want that. I want to know that, you know, that someday I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I, I want to get to know Jesus, this person that I've, I've kind of heard about my whole life, but I, he's real. I want to get to know him. And as, uh, as they were saying that, I decided I would risk getting grounded and I would stay after class to talk to my teacher. And she introduced me to Jesus for the very first time. That was one day 23 years ago where God got a hold of my heart. There's been days since then that God's gotten a hold of my heart in different areas, but I can trace it all back to that one day where I decided to live my life for Christ. Becca had this one day that happened at Battle Cry that affected the rest of your life. And some, and some of you here saying, yeah, you know what? I know there is that one day in my life. I was talking with Dakota last night. He's like, yeah, I remembered. It was four days before July 1st, two years ago. I'm like, see, you remember that one day when it happens. Why? Because I want to say this. One day in the middle of your every day, can change everything. One day in the middle of the everyday can change everything. And you'll see it here, Acts chapter 3. It carries on in verse, uh, verse 3. It says, Then when he, when he saw Peter and John, this is the crippled man at the temple, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Peter, with John at his side, looked him straight in the eye and said, Look at me. So he looked up, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, I don't have a nickel to my name. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He grabbed him by the right hand. He pulled him up. In an instant, his feet and ankles became firm. He jumped to his feet and he walked. True story. Something changed that one day. This man's story changed that, that day. History changed that day for this guy. It says, you know, he had been crippled since birth for 40 years. Anybody 40 here? 
I'm not even 40, but think about it. If you're not 40 yet, just pretend that your whole life you've been crippled. It would be, um, it'd be a, long, a long journey. All he knew was being crippled. And that's changed because he's not crippled anymore. You know, it's the same for a lot of us. Same for a lot of you. You think back to my life before Jesus. My life before one day happened that maybe you were like feeling like Becca where you were crippled with feelings of insecurity. Maybe you're crippled with fear. Maybe you're crippled with shame or guilt, but it's all you knew. Maybe you had no sense of purpose or understanding of what life was all about before one day happened. But you know what? More than just, more than just the story changes here. This guy's heart also changes. And that's been the greatest thing. Because we look at many of you, I know many of you were trapped in addictions. You know, alcoholics or, or addicted to uh, drugs or addicted to pornography or uh, trapped and crippled by the addictions that were in your life. But you know what? Something happened deep down inside of you on that one day and things are changing and things have changed since that day. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says any person who's in Christ, they are a new creation. It's not that they just learn new behaviors. Well, now I go to church on Sunday and I try not to drink anymore. No, something happened on the inside of you that came alive. And you know how I know it? It says, you know, because now it's like the, the, you're not the same person you once were. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't like to do the things that you used to love. Something changed there. There was, there was something that, you know, the people that you used to hang around with, now it feels kind of uncomfortable to hang around with them because something changed down on the inside. The stuff you loved, you don't like anymore. What you used to like to do, you don't like to do anymore. The, the, nobody can talk you out of it. It's like your family might say, you guys, oh man, you're a nutcase. What are you doing going to church on Sunday morning? It's the weekend, baby. Let's sleep in, you know, party all night, sleep all day. That's what it's for. And you're like, no, man, I'm not going, I'm not missing out. I'm going to be at Kingsway. I'm going to be at church on Sunday morning or Saturday night because I know there's something there. They can't talk you out of it. Many of you are going through real struggles and real trials, but it's not derailing you from this relationship with God. How come? Because something came alive deep down on the inside. Anybody had that experience? A few. <laughs> you had one day where you realize that something happens. And you can look at Psalm 84, verse 10, where David says this, Better is one day in the house of God. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand anywhere else. And we truly believe it. Because there's one day that happened in our life. Many of you would never have dreamed that you'd be part of a church. You know, let alone sitting in a, sitting in a, in, in a church or being part of a church family. You know, many of you probably would never have guessed that before you had one day. Before you had the one day where, where Jesus uh, connected with you in a real way. You know, it's the greatest day in history. We sing a song here called Happy Day. The greatest day in history. Death is beaten. You know, I've been set free. Uh, we had that on our, on our um, thing this week. We're uh, at our volunteer appreciation dinner. We had this, this trivia questions. And we had the lyrics from a song. And people had to write down what the answer was. And one of the lyrics from the song was the greatest day in history. And Daryl, one of the guys from our church, he wrote down his birthday. You know, it's like... <laughs> and at first I'm like, yeah, that's wrong. You know, Fisher, it's, you know, it's, that's not what it is. And then as I thought about it this week, I was preparing for this. I thought, you know what, in the last couple of days, I thought, you know what, he's actually right. Because the day that you decide to follow Christ, it says you become born again. It says you have a new birthday. Your life gets to start over. All of the, the crud that, uh, and the poor decisions that were made in your lifetime get to be erased and you get to start brand new, living every life and every day in freedom, in forgiveness, in hope, with purpose. Yeah, I would say that the, his birthday is the greatest day in history. That one day is the greatest day in history. You know, these guys... 
these guys, and the reason I guess why I want to talk about one day today is I want to remind you, if you've said, hey, you know what? Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I know that I had that one day. I want to remind you of one day, because one day is a part of your story, and your story is one of the key ways just to overcome the enemy in your life. The Bible says that the the believers overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by what Jesus did on the cross, but also by the word of their story, the word of their testimony, them saying, hey, I had one day that changed my life and you can have it too. I want to remind you of that. It says Peter and John, they gave this guy what they had. They knew what they had on the inside. You know, it it says that this guy, he, he saw Peter and John coming He obviously noticed something different about them, and it says he asked them for a handout. He asked them for a handout. Why? Because a handout is what he thought he needed. A handout is what what would get him from this day to the next day, because this is what he did every day. So Peter and John, they see that, and you know what? There's people around you that, that are calling out for something. They're calling out for what they think they need. Do you know what you have? Do you realize what you have on the inside of you? Do you realize that the the one day that's changed your life is the answer that that our world needs to hear? It says that that they went and they said, you know, I don't have any money for you. I don't have a hand out, but they gave him a hand up. It says Peter reached out his hand, grabbed him by the hand, and pulled him up. And it affected the rest of his life. The healing of his legs was a pretty impressive miracle. But that's not the greatest thing that happened in his life that day. See, the greatest thing that happened in his life that day is what happens in the verses following. It says in verse 8 through 10, it says, The man went into the temple with them. He went with them into the temple, walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. Something happened in his life where now there's a connection with God. I believe those guys probably shared the good news with him on the way because now he was listening. It says, everybody there saw him walking around praising God. They recognized him as the one who sat begging at the temple gate beautiful. And they rubbed their eyes astonished, scarcely believing that he was there. Scarcely believing what they were seeing. See, I believe his heart changed. And it says when this happened, a whole bunch of people gathered around. And Peter said these words to them. He says, guys, you know what? He says, I know you're all in the temple. I know you're all here at church. But he said this. He says, I know that, you know, your lives, your intent was never to crucify uh, the Savior of the world. I know that's not what you guys were planning. And yet, he says, at this point, he says, I know that maybe wasn't your intent that your sin was going to cost this much. But he says, but today is the day to change your ways. To change your ways. I'm not going this way anymore. I'm going to go this way and follow after Christ. It says repent of sin. Turn to God that he might wash that sin away and also be able to bless you just like he blessed this guy. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 to 19. It talks about how Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. This, this, this uh, thought of being able to return men to favor with God. See, because I believe that we've got crippled people everywhere around us. They just don't look quite like like this guy in in this book. But they're everywhere around us. And they're in your every day. There are people that are crippled, that uh, have been crippled since birth with fear, with doubt, with worry, with anxiety, with with, uh, addictions, with trouble, with poor decisions, with the consequences of those choices in their life. And it's crippled them. And they're waiting just at the gates for someone to reach out and say, hey, I've got something for you. And I can take you to a place that can, that can absolutely change the rest of your life, can change history, can change your eternity. They're looking for someone to reach out. 
The thing is, so many of us are going through every day not realizing that in our every day could be someone's one day. And I want to encourage you to just ask yourself this question. Who am I reaching out to? Who am I passing by every day? It says that that temple was full of people who recognized the man. Why? Because they passed by him every single day. How many of us are passing by people every single day that those people are calling out for help and we have the answer for them, but are we reaching them? Last uh, week at Promise Keepers, we sat around at one point and they said, hey, um, with, you know, we want everybody just to spend some time together and we want you guys to pray together in these groups and uh, we want you to pray for this. We want you to pray for the person that you've been reaching out to that they would come to Christ. So we want you to just tell the name and then pray for them together as a group. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I don't know who I'm reaching out to by name right now in my life. I was thinking, who am I reaching out to to, uh, for, for, to, to lead to, to, uh, to Christ? And I thought, man, I, I don't even know who to pray for. I was thinking, well, it's okay. There'll be a big group of guys. I'll, I'll take leadership, if I, and I'll let them start and go around. By the time it gets to me, you know, if, if there will, we'll be out of time, you know, and I'll, like, save some face. Did God would have it that my group consisted of a, a huge group of two, me and John Horton, and he doesn't talk very much. So I was like, hey, hey, John, hey, John, who, uh, you know, I'll slow it down. Who are you praying for? And he was like, right away, one word, boom, my sister. And I was like, okay. And so he's like, and who are you praying for? And I'm like, wheels spinning, and I'm quick on my feet, and I'm like, you know what, so convicted just in two words, uh, three, whatever it is from John, who are you praying for? My brother came to mind, but I can't say that I was actively praying for him or that I was reaching for him or, or that I realized that he's in my every day. But at that point, I made a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to change this. I'm going to realize and start saying, God, I want to see the people that are in my every day, the people that are around me that, that, are, that are crying out that maybe I haven't been listening to. Because you know what? I believe in every person's life, in your every day, there's the possibility for it to be somebody's one day. I believe that, and it doesn't happen in this building. It happens out wherever you may find yourself. You know how I know that uh, it happens? Because it's happened so many times here before. There's a man who goes to this place. And most of these people, they're here because somebody reached out to them. Somebody invited them. One man's here today because he wanted to prove to his girlfriend that there's no way there was nice people at church. He said, I've been to church and there is no such thing as nice people at church, especially not as many as you think there are. So he came here to prove her wrong. Well, I'm glad he came here because you proved him wrong. He was here and he said, wow, I can't believe it. She was right. I'm like, obviously she's always right. You know, but the, the, one, the one day happened in his life at that point where he, all of a sudden after a little while of being around and saying, oh, they pulled one over on me, I'll go back next week and make sure it's not, it can't be, it can't be this way every week. Sure enough, you guys were doing what you do every Sunday and it happened to become his one day at one point where he accepted Christ as his Savior and uh, his life has been changed and is continuing to be changed as a result of it. He married his girlfriend. He now has a family. He's growing in his walk with God. He's becoming genuinely authentic. A person who's straight up with the stuff that's going on in his life and he's facing his past now as an overcomer. Why? Because of one day. 
There's a lady in our church who's here because on the side of the road in her darkest moment, somebody who in business was just having their every day realize, wait a second, this is not business as usual. This could be their one day. And he led this person to to the Lord, to Christ on the side of the road when their life was in an absolute mess. That woman is now part of our church. She's rectified relationships in her life that they would be godly. She's gone on a missions trip to Guatemala. She got baptized this summer and she's living her life to make a difference for others. Why? Because somebody's one day happened uh, for her. There's another young guy in our church whose mom said, hey, why don't you go on a mission trip? I'm sick of the way you're living your life. Why? Because he's a high school dropout. No sense of purpose. Wouldn't get up in the morning. Wouldn't go to bed at night. He just had zero uh, direction in his life at all. And she said, you know, why don't you go on a mission trip to Guatemala? He's like, I don't want to go. It's with church people. And sure enough, he came to check it out. He was pretty sure it wasn't going to happen. But somehow, he found his way to Guatemala with our team. And one night at two in the morning, we were sitting in a room talking about Jesus and was able to lead him to the Lord. And he had his one day in Guatemala. He came home, decided to go back to school, realized I am not, I'm not stupid. I'm actually pretty smart, just wasn't challenged. And he says, I want to go and actually be, study to become a doctor and not just become a doctor here so I can make money. I want to be a missionary doctor so I can change lives. Why? Because he had one day that affected the rest of his life. And it's because somebody's every day was there. And do you know what? Peter and John, it says they knew what they had, and they were, they were doing the good that they do every day. It was a good habit to do what they were doing every day. And you know what? I want to say thanks to, to our volunteers, the ones of you who were, who were at our volunteer dinner. That was some thanks uh, there as well. But for those who missed it, I just want to let you know that on any given week in this place, there's people who are living their, their everyday thing for God. And any given week, it says there's those who arrived to um, make coffee. There's those who uh, are serving treats. Somebody was here to set up sound. Somebody was here warming up their vocalizers and tuning instruments. There are people preparing the kids' rooms downstairs, washing those toys so your kids don't catch any strange diseases. They were, um, they were printing and folding bulletins. Some are down there loving your children right now. Some people are down there teaching your children. There others are cleaning up this place. Somebody restocked all these Kleenex boxes so that you would have one in case you need one. Somebody's filling communion cups, greeting you at the door. Somebody giving you a hug or a high five or asking you, how are you doing? really there's someone who was calling you during the week and maybe there's someone who made a meal for someone who was sick during the week etc 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 the volunteers who are doing things for God in this place it's absolutely amazing and do you know why I say that because a lot of times you may have been doing that many many times like for instance I was saying Dakota the guys here like three days a week doing media and different things like that and they can get to a place where it can feel monotonous you know because it's the stuff that I'm doing every day but I want to remind you the magnitude of it that in your every day it could be somebody's one day that all the effort that you put in can actually change a life for eternity That's what we're doing in this place. That's what we're all about. It's that people would come to meet Jesus. I know you guys don't volunteer for the big paycheck you get at the end of the year. (laughs) You know, I know you don't don't volunteer just so you can get into the dinner. Well, most of you don't. But, um, you know, I know that, that you're doing these things out of the goodness of your heart because somewhere deep down inside you believe you're making a difference. Well, I want to tell you, the people's names that we've just, the stories we've just told, you've made a difference for them. My question is, who's in your everyday that you're reaching out to right now? Who are the crippled people that you pass by every day who are just wishing they could be here with the hope that you have, with the sense of purpose and understanding and a chance to really understand life? Who are they in your life? See, because there's people calling out, and the calling out doesn't sound like 
hey man, <laughs> I see something different in you. How do I, um, you know, can you please give me the good news of Jesus? Can you tell me how Jesus died for my sins and that I can be saved and that I can have eternity in heaven? How many of you have had somebody ask you that this week? Ah, zero, that's what I thought. Because you know what? They're not calling out that way. If you look at the story of the man, I close with this. The man was calling out and asking for what he thought he wanted, what he thought he needed. He says he thought he needed a handout. That's what he was calling out for. Guys, can you give me a handout? But they said, we know what we have and we can give you a hand up. We know that we've got life. We know that we've got something much better than what you're asking for and we're gonna give it to you. Do you realize that the girl at your school who everybody looks at because she sleeps around with everybody, is looking for love and attention the way she thinks that she's going to get it? Do you realize that you have exactly what she needs? But she's calling out for what she thinks she needs, but you have it. The guy at your school who drinks whatever, smokes whatever he can to try and find peace and an escape from the problems that are haunting him, do you know that he's only doing that because he thinks that's what he needs? And you have what he needs? The guy at your work who's all tough, you know, who, who uh, cusses like a dairy farmer, you know, it's uh, that, that guy who's all big and manly, you know, he's, he's doing that. It's his way of calling out for, some, for somebody to say, hey, you know what, I need something more. My life is falling apart but I'll be tough on the outside to make you think that there's nothing going on. Do you realize that most, almost every person lives with secrets and these are the haunting things that hurt them and yet we have the very answer and his name is Jesus. His name is, 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 is life, that there's a one day that could happen for them that would change the rest of their life. Maybe it's a woman that you're friends with who wears all the latest fashions so that on the outside she feels important and on the inside she just feels so insignificant, so rotten about herself, so undeserving and unloved. And yet, you know what? She could have one day and you see her every day. My question is, who are we reaching out to? Because it says they didn't just say, here's something for you. It says they reached out, they grabbed him by the right hand and they pulled that man to safety. I believe that that is what God has called us as a church to be. To be people who say, you know what, God, I see in my everyday, there's people who are crippled around me that just need a hand to reach out and pull them. Say, would you come with me to church? I don't know all the right words to say, but I hope Mark does. Would you come with me to church? You'll meet some really nice people there. It, it, you know what, it's changed my life now that where before I used to just not, not sure, you know, if people would want to come. I don't care anymore. The other day, you guys were so great at the... Um, at the uh, dinner even, that the people catering the dinner said, can you guys have like events once a month? Because you guys are the best people that we've ever catered for. I was like, yeah, you bet we are. And she's like, what is this place anyways? And I was like, it's a church. Well, what's it called? And it's like called Kingsway. She's like, oh, that's why they say Kingsway, Kingsway, Kingsway stuff all the time. I'm like, ding. <laughs> it's, uh, that. And she says, but you know what? She says, that, that sounds really cool. And I was like, yeah, you know, I know. You probably think we're really cool, right? She's like, yeah, you guys are, like, seriously, the best, the best people we've ever catered for. I said, well, hey, would you like to come check out our church? And we got a chance to chat in the kitchen there for a little while and to invite her out was something I would rarely, you know, have that just the, the, the unction to do because, well, I don't really know this person or whatever, but it doesn't matter anymore. They're calling out. Would you just reach out and say, you know what? I'm going to pull. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to say, God, use my every day to change someone's one day. Because you change it in that one day, it changes the rest of their life. I reminded you to think about your one day and that thought. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, Mark, you know what? I, I, I can't think of that one day. 
I can't think, I, I don't have that day. I don't have that time where I said, you know what, uh, I, I don't want to live life just for me anymore. Um, I, I don't think I've had that day where I've said, God, would you forgive all my sins, the things that I've done against you? I, I don't think I've had that one day where I realized that, yeah, Christ came and something came alive in me and I don't just do church. I'm here because I'm passionate about God and, and what he's doing. I, I don't think I've had that one day. That one day can happen for you right here, right now, today.